As City treble fatigue, is this Arsenal's year? Are Liverpool really title contenders? And are Manchester United really back? All these questions answered on Mind on the Fans podcast. Let's go! Hello everyone, welcome to another thrilling episode of Mind on the Fans podcast. I'm David, his spy. But before we kick on to the main stuff, we first and foremost have to start by saying thank you guys for all your love. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for showing us love. We really appreciate it. We can't keep going without your support. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate all the love you guys showed to us. And you know, that love is what keeps us going to keep bringing amazing episodes to you guys. So thank you so much from Spy and myself. Thank you so much. Spy, anything to say? Keep up the good work. Okay, keep up the good work, yes. So, yes, we're back to another episode, episode 14. We're going to deep dive into another thrilling match week, match week 13. Yes. Match week 13 had all the thrills, it had all the drama, it had all the action, as usual. Premier League is nothing short of drama, so definitely. So what are we going to talk about today, Spy? Oh, wait, before I, before I kick on, Spy, how are you doing? Um, I was about to say you don't, you don't care about me. Like, I was literally about to say it, but thank God you retraced your steps, you know? I'm doing very good, David. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking me back. You know, not many people do that, so I appreciate that. I don't really care. I just asked you back so that the fans could know how you were doing. Left for me, I don't really... I love you, though. Love me, though. Okay. That, that works for me, so thank you so much. So, yes, let's jump right in. Match week 13 had... All the drama, as I said, from the Etihad West City and Liverpool battle to Dread Draw to Brighton's triumphant return to winning ways and Newcastle dismantling 10 men Chelsea. And obviously, how could we forget Arsenal returning back to the top of the table? So, where should we kick off first, obviously, Spy? We have to kick off by saying David has ruined Spy's streak in the predictions. How did I ruin your streak, though? Because your lack of not getting any made me also follow your footsteps, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't get any, but how does me not getting any because affect you one it week affects, after? It affects me because I was doing this in a row. So since you now broke the streak, it's going to be difficult for the streak to restart. Do you get what I mean? I mean, I do, but like you told me to Perfect. give my predictions. You gave me the... Perfect. You understand. Thank you so much. Okay, so in other words, we should start from your predictions. I love that sense of humor. I love that. Okay, we'll start from your predictions. Spy went 3-1 to City in the City-Liverpool fixture. Sheffield-Bournemouth, he went 2-1 to Bournemouth. Forest-Brighton, he went 3-1 to Brighton. Pause there. Bournemouth, you see how close I was? Like, why did they need to score an extra goal? Like, why? But carry on. Burnley-West Ham, he went for West Ham winning 2-0. Why did they need to concede? Carry on. Okay. Looting Palace, he went for Looting winning 1-0. Come on. Again. They, they, again. Basically, they basically won 1-0. They basically won 1-0. But for me to say Luton win in the first place, I think I deserve that. I think I deserve that. Carry on. Newcastle-Chelsea went for 3-1 to Chelsea or 2-1 to Chelsea. I, I, don't, give you... I don't want to talk about it. Carry on. <laughs> Brentford-Arsenal, you went 2-2 to Arsenal. Sports-Villa, you went 1-0 to Villa. Come Everton, on. United, you went 2-1 to United. Villa basically won 1-0 though. 
Come on, you gotta give me something. You gotta give me. I told you Villa would be Villa would be good away from home. What did you tell me? You gotta give me something here. The fans, I think the fans should agree. You gotta give me something. I'm sorry, I can't give you anything. Did you give me anything? Sorry, carry on, please. And then full out moves, you went 2 0 to Wolves. Okay. What did I go for Manchester United? You went 2 1 to United. 2 1. I mean, three goals were scored in that match. <laughs> oh my God. But yo, in all seriousness, I think I got like six out of 10 in, te- in terms of like who won. That doesn't matter though. I mean, I think it does. I think the scoreline is a bit like too difficult. I think we should start doing like who's going to win because then it's like a lot. Okay, more that's power. fair. That's fair. Next, next, next episode we'll come back and be like, Spice, put these guys to win. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, that's fair. So obviously, let's start with the big one. Obviously, City Liverpool actual score was one one. I expected, to be honest, I didn't expect City to um draw the game. In my in my opinion, I expected I didn't expect them to draw, but the whole game was going to be dependent on one man, and that man is Trent. Because City's attack for the past six games has been through the left side. So if Trent sat up like he did, that was when Liverpool had a chance. But didn't um Doku Doku did, but what I'm saying is Trent. Yeah, he did. He did. I wouldn't say cooking, cooking, but I would say like Trent did as like as good as he could. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And that's that. You couldn't ask for anything more. Plus, he also scored the goal to level the game where he built for finish as well. Two questions from the game. First off, are City treble fatigued? And you know, I've, I've probably asked this before already, and I'll keep, I'll still keep asking it because they're just bringing up some weird as results. So I'll keep asking it. And then secondly, are uh, Liverpool actual title contenders, or they're just? And I've I've asked it again, but I'll still ask it again because they did go toe to toe to City at the Etihad. So, yeah. so that first question now, there are a lot of factors in that first question. Factor number one, City are literally playing without there's like there's someone that they really miss it's not showing that they miss him but they do miss him Joel Cancelo they do miss him number two another player that they also miss John Stones because John Stones and Akanji there's a big difference when John Stones sits in that midfield once he like progresses into the midfield you can see how comfortable he is on the ball you can see Pep football actually being played out but when Akanji is there you could see Liverpool players like trying to press him he was doing a lot of blind passes and whatnot because he hasn't settled into that like role that Pep is trying to play. But John Stones is like the perfect example of that role. Do you understand what I mean? You could yeah. see that in the Champions League finals. You could see every single game they've played. And that also gives Roy the freedom to like do damage in the final third. But you you barely like see that nowadays because of the absence of John Stones. I don't f- I don't think that Treble like um fatigue because if De Bruyne were there to also create a lot of chances for Ellie Haaland, you know he's going to he's he's going to score it. So they're missing like three parties. I won't, I won't say Johnston. I won't say um Cancelo is really a key factor. But I'm saying in terms of who they're missing, you have to call his name in that list. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So technically, I say injury is plaguing them pretty yes, much. 100%. Okay. 100%. And then my second question, obviously. Do you repeat the question, please? Are Liverpool actual title contenders? Do they have what, no? Let me let me rephrase my question. Do they have what it takes to actually go all the way, like toe to toe with like City, maybe Arsenal? Do they have what it takes in terms of quality? I think they do. I think they do because Virgil Van Dijk is coming back to his best gradually. He's I don't think he's he's one of the only defenders that hasn't been beat this season. I don't like Haaland's goal. You could see like the um 
confusion between him and Matip of who is picking up um, Haaland when he picked up the boy in the like I know it was Matip's man but like they didn't really communicate it well because Matip was like should I fully commit so that's the with Virgil and then Virgil's meant to I did not fully communicate if you watch the game you see what I mean yeah I feel like gradually like he's coming back to his very best I don't think he has been beaten this season so far and I think in the final third Liverpool are dangerous Shabbos Lyon Luis Diaz Mohamed Salah Darwin Nunez, if he works on his finishing, Anthony, he'll be a very, very, very dangerous striker. That's because very true. He has the area ability, he has the right foot. I've not really seen his left foot, but he has the pace. He has what you're looking for in a team like Liverpool, a team that like Boston pace. And they don't really, Liverpool players are not really known for like heading the ball. But when they do head the ball, it's not like they're stressing to meet the ball up there like Ronaldo does. No. They call it in the left back and the right back. They just put the ball directly in your head. All you need to just guide it in. So I think if Liverpool can, if Darwin Nunes can do some personal training, I feel he'll be up there. Liverpool will be up there. So at this point, I would I would say they could be a title challenge to answer your question. They could be. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I just I just think they don't have the depth. But 100% I agree with that as well. I 100% agree with that. But so far, we've seen that they're not really going through injury crisis. Not really. I mean, Jota and Alisson are, are sidelined. So that that's a big... I that think is something. Big yeah, we'll see how that will play out in the next week. But for now, they're not really, you know, in trouble. We'll see how that will play out though. Because so far, someone has not really been getting minutes. Lewis Diaz. And we know how dangerous that guy is. We have yeah. seen him in the Champions League, we've seen him in the Premier League, we've seen him in derbies. So we know how dangerous those days is. He just, due, due to the fact that he was going through a lot family-wise and he was still producing for his club, that's a lot. He's dangerous. Okay. Anyways, let's leave that game. I mean, I don't want to say too much on it. It was, I mean, it did the hype the game hard. I, I don't think it met it that much. I mean, it was a good game, don't get me wrong. But I just don't think, I think it's the hype is the goals. But it was a good game overall. I just think the hype didn't match the level of expectation of the game. Or, or what, sorry, let me rephrase myself. I don't think the hype actually matched what we saw from the game. So that's the only thing I'll say on that game. Moving on to, this is a good one. Newcastle, Chelsea. You predicted Chelsea to win 3-1. But I think that's kind of the opposite. Newcastle ended up winning 4-1. So with that being said, obviously Chelsea played with 10 men. Which James got sent off for his, do I want to say immaturity, silly mistakes, whatever you want to call it, he got sent off for that. And yeah, so question from this is, Chelsea, is this back to square one for them? Or because obviously they had that amazing result against City and then against before that they had the amazing result against Spurs. Is this back to square one for them or is this just a blip on the road? I believe I said something before I gave that prediction. I said. If Newcastle is a big six team, Chelsea will win. So that game determines if Newcastle is a big six team. And clearly my question has been answered. Because Chelsea only play good against big teams. Do you understand what I mean? So they're like the Wolverhampton of they're like the Wolverhampton of like two seasons ago right now. That's what they're looking like. Is it finished for Chelsea? It just might be. It just might be because you cannot be depending on like um, on a big day. Then you sit up. You have to sit up from the scratch. Now, fortunately, you do need points from small teams. 
because small teams would punish you. Underdogs are the most feared people in the Premier League. And they would punish you, just like they're seeing right now. They're getting punished. So I think if they want to sit up and maybe qualify for European football, they have to sort that out. From Newcastle's point of view, Anthony Gordon was just superb. Like, he played amazing football. Um, What's his name? Jamal Lossels, the centre-back. I think he also played amazing football and he got the goal. Um, Fabian Scher also played good football like the whole team I couldn't I mean obviously I've singled out Anthony Gordon because I want to talk about him for a minute but like I think the whole team played absolutely amazing football so back to um Anthony Gordon do you think he's a steal for Newcastle or do you think he was a steal for Newcastle considering the bottom for like war but like do you think it was a, a, an absolute steal for Newcastle pretty much yes I do I do think he was I do think when he came I was like is that really a good signing but he is he settled in he settled in so well that he cannot even like be substituted for the person that was intended for that position, who is Harvey Barnes. He cannot even be substituted for him because of how well he's playing. So I think it was a very good steal for them. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Harvey Barnes is injured now, so that kind of changes yeah, it. But not, not really, because when he was fit, he was not getting minutes. Gordon was still starting, Gordon was still performing. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, that, I mean, that's literally what I was about to say. I say he was just playing too good there. You have Burns who literally come on 10 minutes to the end of the game and stuff like that. But yeah, so Newcastle obviously annihilated Chelsea. Rich James, as, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick on Rich James for a minute. How immature was that from him? For a player that's played for his club, for his country, he has played in Chelsea for so long. He knows the experience he has learned from the lives of Aspley Quetta and so on. So he understands being mature on the pitch how far it takes you and for him to do that now that is very immature for him I think that's fair and um I mean I, when we're looking at Chelsea we're like these are like they are really bad fixtures obviously they play Brighton next so far I think they have only gotten like what five points from out of this hell looking fixtures they had five points yes the one against Arsenal one point against Arsenal one point against City, then three points against Chelsea, um, whatnot. So Chelsea back to I don't think I mean obviously I agree, I don't think they're back to square one. I just think it's a blip on the road. They they are a young team, so they do have to find that maturity really quickly. Well, I've been using the youngness as an excuse for the past like eleven weeks of the season. So they do have to find that maturity quickly. But moving on from Newcastle, Chelsea, let's move on to Spurs Villa. Oh no, actually, no, before we hit Spurs Villa, let's talk about Bradford Arsenal for a minute. Just because two things happened. The first one, Arsenal, with the win, moved top of the table because City and Liverpool drew. They went, they returned back to the top of the table. And then Kai Havertz got the winning goal. That's, that's the second thing. And just, just let me, let me just say, put this out there. We're recording this Wednesday. Arsenal played today in Champions League and Kai Havertz scored again. So back to back games. Um, but I guess from this is, Obviously, Arsenal haven't looked. If you have watched Arsenal's game, Arsenal haven't looked as fluid as they sh- as they did last season and whatnot. But defensively, they have looked absolutely spectacular. Just ten goals in considered in the league. Number of shots faced have reduced significantly. Number of expected goals considered have reduced. But obviously, the offense is suffering from it. Do you think this is a tactical ploy from Ateta, or is this just the injuries and you know new signings not gelling together? I think whatever Ateta is doing right now is working and is working to perfection. That's what I think. Because the game against Brentford, we know Brentford are, are a compact team. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just like 
the name may tell you that okay, it's an easy Arsenal walkover, but in truth, no, you have to dig deep to to win Brentford. And for Ateta to play a game like that and leave it out late, you, even though you guys have a lot of chances and so on and so forth. But the point is, for him to leave it late against Brentford and start off quick in the Champions League, it means that, okay, he knows what he's doing as a coach. Do you understand what I mean? He knows that, he knows the risks and he knows the rewards. So it, in terms of that, it just means that it's not affecting the forward line per se. It's just a thing of a game of patience. You know that they are comfortable on the ball. You know that Arsenal that a very good team are playing from playing off from the back. This is the first and the last time you ever hear me praise Arsenal. Arsenal are very good team playing off from the back and so on and so forth. They have a an explosive like they have explosive wingers. The lives of Martin Odegaard coming back from injury as well, coming into the scoreline as well today. Beautiful finish, left foot. But um, yeah. Arsenal, I feel if they keep on this way, that I can't say it, but Premier League, I can't say it. My body, my body can't let me. Yeah, last season, everyone was like, yeah, Arsenal are playing exciting, sweet football. But they, they didn't have that grit and determination, you know. Especially in the final stretches where they took 34 points from the final 19 games from the second half of the season. And they considered... I can't remember the amount of goals, but they considered a lot of goals. You know, those three games back-to-back where we were drawing, you couldn't see that grit and, and determination from them. So now you are seeing an Arsenal team where they have the grit, they have the determination, and they are finding ways to win. They're not just playing the free-flowing football that we know from them. They are finding ways to win. And for me as an Arsenal fan, I absolutely love it because if you want to be champions, you know, when you look at the likes of City, you look at the likes of Liverpool, you remember Liverpool when they won the league, you see you see them finding different ways. It's not, it's not like every time they were playing flowing football, but they literally had to dig in to fight for that win. So I think for me as an Arsenal fan, I like seeing the, mat- the maturation what I've seen from this team and just the growth from it. So, and obviously big ups to Kai Havertz coming on as a substitute and scoring that goal. Absolutely amazing pass from Ukai Osaka. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited. So, um, is this Kai Havertz turning point though? Right place, right time. Nothing much to say about that. Oh, he's, he's just, he doesn't want to admit it. But it's okay. It's okay. Nothing too deep. I won't deep in it. Moving on to our neighbors on the other side. Um, Spurs. Spurs lost to Villa. Back to, this is their third defeat in a row. They lost 2-1 to Villa. Actually, Villa came back because Spurs won. Spurs were winning 1-0. Spurs scored first. And then Villa came back. But Son had three goals cancelled. Three offside goals cancelled. Does this result show what we expected? And is this like the, you know, the breaking point? And then obviously for Villa, you can see something being something wonderful going on there. Is this this is there a ceiling for how high this Villa team can go? Villa, very good at home. Now getting results away, that is a problem. And it's not a problem for Villa, it's a problem for every other Premier League team. Because that quality in that squad is abs- is underrated. Ollie Watkins, McGinn, Douglas Lewis, so on and so forth. Solely underrated, and I feel right now they're coming, they're coming to shine. And Emery is really, really doing a job. Is that is he is he your manager of the season so far? Manager of the season so far, I think I think he should be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
So sports, this is their crumbling point. Is this are they can they recover from this? We will recover from I feel like from next week you could see like you start seeing the recoveries because right now they're just going through like they don't really have their full squad that they started with. So I feel like when they do, then they should come back to their normal selves. And I mean they are playing they are playing City next week at the Etihad, so Yeah, that'll be a game. It's not just going to be a normal walkover. Yes, with a hurricane against City for the first time, but I feel like that's going to be a game. Let's move on to your team, um, my United. Oh my God! Obviously, my United beat Everton three 0 Alejandro Ganacho. That is a goal. I didn't expect that. You know, when I when I watched the when I was watching the game, and I, I was like, I was speechless. Like I'm sorry, I was just speechless. Like that goal was amazing. Goal like goal of the season, Puskas award, whatever I want to call it. Like that's literally a nomination right there. Just say that one more time. I didn't hear you. My um, the internet cut off. Say that one more time, please. I said that's literally the goal of the season wow. right wow. there. Except, except someone scores something better from like halfway line or something. Wow. But like that was just um, that was I was left speechless. So United, obviously, I won't. I don't want to, you know, blow your head up too big. But obviously, United now are they're on a three-game winning streak in the league. Pretty much, I think take, taking thirteen points out of the last seventeen, something like that. I can't remember. But yeah, and then. They sit sixth in the league, two points behind fourth place. Did you expect this considering how bad United started? Like I said, we are not comfortable. Seven, eight years ago, United in sixth place would be so devastating. But now you can see United fans being comfortable with sixth place. We're actually not, we're not sad, we're not chanting for their hack to go. Normally, once you're in fourth place, United fans start chanting for the manager to go. But that means that there's a whole lot that's happened in that squad. And it's so visible to the fans right now that we have to settle for sixth. Hopefully, this is the turning point. I would say I would say that, but we, I mean, I would say it's the turning point because today we played a whole lot of good football against Galatasaray, but just, you know, a couple of mistakes from our man. But hopefully he doesn't get no um, racial whatever. I hope the United fans back him up as they've been doing so far. And he always comes out saying, apologizing, saying he's like responsible for it, which I do love about him. But he needs to stop coming out. He needs to just stop making mistakes. And as um, Keen said today, he's too casual. I think I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Like he's a bit too casual in goal, like too comfortable. Trying to like, um, I won't say, I will use the word overconfidence maybe. But the way he plays, you could just see that, okay, he's a bit too casual. And yeah, he's not really concentrated. He's more concentrated in the like w- spectating point of view. Like he's coming to watch getting out to score a basketball rather than coming to keep for Manchester United. Yeah, and so I mean, yeah. But he does. He does have six clean sheets in the league. One hundred percent. He's tied with the. He's he's tied with the um topmost clean sheet for the league this season. One hundred percent. But the games that we do need a clean sheet, just like this game, you know, when a tough spot in the Champions League stage on the um, group stage we're in a tough spot we really needed that win a beautiful goal from Garnacho a very beautiful goal from Bruno Fernandes we really needed that um, that comfortable win we needed that clean sheet and I think he should have done better with all three goals honestly the ZH free kick was not it wasn't in the corner corner basically but it's always difficult for keepers but the second one he should have done a lot better with the second one yeah anyway United play Newcastle next so that would be a test for them I think that is an away game, upper yes at St James Park on Sunday. That'll be that'll be a tough test for them. 
that would definitely be a tough test for them. But yeah, so obviously, I think the highlight from that game is definitely Ganacho's goal. But then also Rashford scored to an amazing thing. By I mean, what Bruno Fernandez did was just big ups to him. Just I just all I have to say big ups to him. That's people, and I know people bash him for him not being the proper captain and whatnot. But you could see at that point when he needed. He showed how good of a captain he is when his teammate needed a boost in confidence. Little things like that is what boosts a person's confidence and can change the season around. I'm not going to lie, but you see how what Bruno Fernandes is—he's just he's facing life right now. Because the thing about life is that whatever you do, people are going to talk. But but if it ends up being good, no one is going to speak. If it ends up being good, no one is going to speak. If Rashford missed that penalty. Then wouldn't be a Rashford. Yeah, it's probably a Bruno, yeah. Exactly. So that's how life is. That's exactly how life is. I know he mourns and whatnot and whatnot. But if he actually did mourn, and let's say he gets like um the referee's whistle for mourning, then they'll say, "Oh, he's having the back of the team, this and that." That's how, that. He's just facing life right now. Yeah, and obviously it's good. To, it's also good to see Marshall on score sheet. Um, I can't remember the last time he scored to be honest. So it was good to see Martial on score shit. So yeah, that's a good that was a good game, good game to watch. I'll touch on some few fixtures before we leave. Brighton returned back to winning ways. Finally, after beating Forest and going a man down, they beat Forest. They were able to hold on to the win 3-2. Yeah. I do recall saying Brighton was going to win. He said Forest at home. I mean, they almost sold the game, though. They they literally almost sold the game. I'll ask you a question. If you throw a stone at a bed and you almost hit the bed, is the bed alive or dead? It's probably alive. Good. Thank you. Okay. They still almost sold the game. So that's, I mean, Brighton, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to say this. But it's good to see Brighton return back to winning ways. It's been a minute since the last one. West Ham also. West Ham came back two goals down to beat Burnley 2-1. Thanks to some amazing, sorry, no, amaz- amazing play by Mohamed Kudos. I don't think we're going to stop mentioning that guy's, that guy's name just because of how of an impact he has brought to the team. True. Kudos, I think, after Madison, he should be the most influential signing. I think after Madison, he should be the most influential signing. Yeah. So, yeah, West Ham, West Ham came back from, came back from a goal down and beat Burnley away from home. Currently, they have won their last two games, which is good for them. And then, Sheffield, Bournemouth. Bournemouth winning back-to-back games for the first time this season. Beating Sheffield away from home, 3-1. That was amazing. That was an amazing game. Um, Marcus Tavernier, amazing from him. Absolutely love him. So, that was good to see. That was abso- absolutely... You know what? For someone, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just have this thing for Bournemouth. Like, I don't want to see them get relegated. And to see them win back-to-back games, I think that was just, that was just good. Also, Luton Palace. Luton beat Palace 2-1. Michael Olise, I think this is his first game back from injury, scoring for Palace. But then they ended up falling short by a goal down. Nothing too much there. Then, Wolves, Fulham. That was a controversial... That was a good game. That was a good... If you watch that game, that was a good game. Back and forth. But Fulham ended up coming on top 3-2. That, that, that third goal was just... I think for me, it was controversial. I don't think that was a penalty. 
I, I just don't think it was a penalty. Like, I, don't, I don't think so as well. But he is, he is what he is. Yeah. That was Matrix 13 in a nutshell. Matrix 14. Yeah, Matrix, I, I mean, well, I've mentioned it on the show here. Matrix 14 has some really good games. Obviously, Chelsea playing Brighton, Newcastle playing United. Then it's finishing up with Mass City playing Spurs at the Etihad. So in lo- a lot of mouth-watering fixtures in Matrix 14. Can't wait for that. But before we round up this week's episode, before we round up this amazing episode, let's talk about some Champions League games. Obviously, we're recording this right after the Champions League, Matrix 5 of the Champions League. Um, some teams have already qualified, like Madrid, Real Sociedad, Arsenal, and, th- and teams like that. But then some teams are on the verge of being eliminated. Cough, cough, My United. My United literally blew it. PSG, the group of death. Actually, no, Dortmund have qualified, but second is still up for grabs. The so-called group of death is between PSG, Newcastle, and Inter and sorry AC Milan that's still up for grabs obviously Barcelona to have qualified for a round of 16 City obviously came back from two goals down to beat Leipzig last night Madrid Jude Bellingham doing his magic again a goal and assist like he scored and I was literally I had myself doing the whole open arm celebration as I was watching the game Bellingham Bellingham so and then Benfica Inter also coming back from three goals down to, to draw with 10-man Benfica. Arsenal running right at Lens 6-0. As I uh, speak, it was a productive matrix, safe to say. 100%. It was a field of um, drama. And um, good thing for our fans right now, um, no international break for the next four or five weeks. I think till till March. I think we're going all the way to March, no international break. So we'll have a lot to do. March. February or March. I mean, I think there's AFCON though. AFCON in... In um yeah, in January, but a... I don't think it will affect too much. We'll still be able but, to watch Premier know, League. December, January. This is going to be we're going to have double game weeks very soon. Yeah. Before we round up, do you think Manchester United will qualify for the round of sixteen? Pass. Okay. <laughs> okay. Before we close out this episode, I want to say thank you guys for sticking with us again. Thank you for all your support and your love. Couldn't have done this without you guys. We can't really do this without you guys for listening and for supporting and just encouragement and all the encouragement so thank you guys so much we hope you guys have an amazing week spy will be back on instagram live on friday right friday yeah yep we'll be back on instagram live on friday to give our predictions for those mouthwatering fixtures on matrix 14 but yeah we'll be back on instagram live friday mind of the fans podcast check us out we'll be we'll, we'll go live there We'll answer you guys' questions also. I, th- I have some questions for Spy also that I think you'll answer. So stay tuned for that. We have some rankings to do there. We'll give our predictions for Matrix 14. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So as usual, thank you guys. Watch Matrix 14. You do not want to miss Premier League action. We're heading towards that time of the season that can break or make some teams. So do not miss it. We'll see you guys next week, episode 15. Spy. Um, obviously we have to say thank you guys so much for always tuning in to Mind of the Fans podcast we really do appreciate it from the bottom of our heart it keeps us going every week me and David we are truly grateful for you know every time you click every time you subscribe every time you watch it we are truly grateful so we thank you guys so much and as always keep up the good work keep up the good work we're out guys